Exodus, stand as we read the God's word. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 to 13. We'll finish the first time as um, the cross position today and then we'll end the Women in Christ conference. It's been very powerful. So let's read together in concert at the count of three. One, two, three, go. Then came Amalek and forth with... No, 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 no. Oh, let's, let's read it well. Some of you haven't read your Bible since last Sunday, so take advantage of this time. Just keep looking straight when you get home, nod your head. One, two, three, go. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Next verse. And Moses said unto Joshua... to God. Come on, glory to God. Today is going to be beautiful. I know it already. I know it already. Tell your neighbor you already have the victory. That person is not sure, so find another neighbor and say, I already have the victory because of the cross. Say it again, I already have the victory because of the cross. Tell the neighbor, I'm not fighting to win. I'm fighting because I won. Find another neighbor and say, I'm not fighting to win. I'm fighting because I won. Father, thank you. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. Put it up there. Let's read together. as a memory verse. If you know what that means. One, two, three, go. For the preaching of the cross. Emphasis. Father, thank you for your word. Send the kind of unction that makes teaching and preaching powerful, profound. Open up our eyes to see Jesus. Let your name be glorified as we're edified and religion terrified. In Jesus' matchless name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Brief thank you to everyone who came with me to Triumph on Thursday. It was amazing. It was amazing. Preach the house. We, we preached the house down. The feedback. Bishop has called me. You know, we've spoken. It's amazing what God is doing. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor you already have the victory. Say it loud. You already have the victory. Let me start by saying this morning. Salvation is not a response to prayer. It's the gift of grace. Salvation is not a response to prayer. It's the gift of grace. You did not pray Jesus to the cross. He was not responding to your tears. He was not responding to your prayer point. That's why it doesn't make sense to think that you can give an offering to move God. Or you can do something to move God. And the simple question is, if you couldn't move him to die for you, which is the biggest blessing, why do you think you have to motivate him? God does not need mobilization. No, no, you, we didn't mobilize him to the cross. He didn't stand and saw our tears and pains with cutter flowing and say, oh, my people are crying unto me. I cannot take it anymore. Angel, let's go die for them. No, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. See, God demonstrated his love to us all in that whilst we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you find this in the message translation, it's really beautiful. It says, whilst we're of no use to him at all. Romans 5, verse 8, give me a mes message. It says, but God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever. Are you understanding me? We were of no use whatsoever to him. That's when Jesus died for us. So it's not because you brought something to the altar and that's what, you know, this is where they fought me last week on Twitter when I said you can't praise to move God because any praise without relationship is flattering. Now, you don't know me now. What are you hailing me for? Have you gone to Yoruba parties? As you are entering, they'll just be hitting door. The last party I went to, as I came down with my security, ah, a chairman, ah, ah, counselor, engineer, all the names they were calling me are not 
who I am. Did even by mistake say pastor? I would have said, okay, maybe they know. Ah, baba, eh, commissioner, commissioner, commissioner. I'm like, who is commissioner? From where to where? So any worship without relationship is flattery. You didn't worship him to the cross. And then again, the Bible says, inhabit the praises of his people. Are you serious? Ephesians shows us that he inhabits the people of his praises. God is not looking for praise to enter. He's looking for people to enter. I have started preaching. Oh my God, I feel it. God is not looking for praise. God is not testing for praise and say, praise me now. Praise. No, 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 no. He says, if you don't, I will raise up stones to praise me. He's not looking for praise to jump in. He's looking for people to live in. Oh my God. That, that's so good. God is not looking for praise. Yes, okay. They're doing 24 hours of praise. Oh, okay, okay. The angel, I'm about to move. They are moving me now. Oh my God. No, no, that's not. God is looking for people to move in. No praise to jump in. So he doesn't inhabit the praises of his people. He inhabit the people of his praises. Are you listening to me? So we didn't move him to the cross. It was the gift of God. It was God who decided to die. Give me this in TPT. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. In TPT. Glory to God. There's a reason I'm putting this foundation. TPT. TPT. It says, but God proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. So when, you, when, when church starts praying to kill your enemies, let my enemies die. Are you aware that you were God's enemy at some point? And he didn't kill you. It, what is the gospel? Is a man killed his son to make enemies family. True power is your ability to die, not your ability to kill. If you find somebody can, that can, because that's what we call power. What happened? As I just prayed, the next day my mother-in-law, die. Don't try my God, though. I'm my pastor. Short temper, not the, not the waste time. As he targets her with the mover. And you, you are looking for a mad Ogbeburu is what he's doing you. It's not God. Let me tell you how God deals with his enemy. He puts the burden of the gospel on them. That's how God behaves. God has a behavioral, traceable pattern. It's consistent. Apostle Paul, who wrote the large portion of the scripture, was the head of Boko Haram. Terrorizing, burning down the church, up raping, killing people. How did God punish Apostle Paul? Put the gospel on him. So when you tell somebody God punishes, God will save them. That's how he punishes them. He saves them, then that gives them the responsibility to preach the gospel. Can I show you how the gospel works? Apostle Paul was received into heaven by the people he killed. That's how the gospel works. By the same people he raped to death, killed. They are the one who welcomed him. Come, that's how the gospel works. So this Nigerian small Amadioa that want to bring to church, that can kill your enemies, it is not the nature of God. I don't know when the church will get this. I don't know when they will get it. Because if it's a fight, oh, are you now saying, does it now mean, what are you talking about? So what I've said now means that the enemy can just come and kill you. The Bible says you are the apple of his eyes, so God will protect you. Are you listening to me? And guess what will happen to them? They are likely going to kill themselves, not God killing them. Are you understanding me? He that digs a pit shall fall inside. He didn't say he that digs a pit, God will dig another pit for them. Are you understanding this? That means you dug it, you fell into your own pit. Not because God said, hey, you're digging it, let me dig a bigger pit for you. No, 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 no. Are you understanding this? So salvation is not a response to prayer as the gift of grace. You don't pray to be saved, you receive salvation. You don't pray to be saved, you don't confess your sins, you confess Christ. For Christ has become your sin. Glory to God. But somebody said, but the Bible says, confess your sin. If we not confess our sin, I say, yes, you are right. What is sin? Jesus has become my sin, so I confess Christ. That's how I confess my sin. He knew no sin. In him was no sin. He did no sin. The record is clear. He knew no sin. He did no sin. In him was no sin. Record is there. Evidence day. Are you listening to me? That's not, that's not how the gospel works. Salvation is not a response to prayer. It is the gift of grace. Look at it there. Showing you Bible. Somebody will not come one key leg switcher from now to argue with me. 
people don't know anything. 2 Corinthians 5.21, he knew no sin. John 3.5, in him is no sin. 1 Peter 2.22, who did no sin. So the record is clear from the three cardinal apostles in scripture in the New Testament, Paul, I, John, I, Petros. So salvation is not a response to prayer, it's the gift of grace. Somebody says the gift of grace. Now that Christ is our substitute doesn't make salvation a substitute plan. Mm, you need to process that. You need to process that. Let me do it like Tommy Favor. Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Let me do it like Tommy Favor. Write that down. Don't, don't shout yet. <laughs> that Christ is our substitute doesn't mean Christ was the substitute plan. Is our substitute doesn't mean the plan was the substitute plan. Are you listening to me? Because salvation precedes creation. I'm going somewhere with the women. You will love this. Salvation precedes what? Creation. Are you so if, if creation precedes salvation, it means God, well, God was reacting. And God doesn't react. It means that God created and said, hey, I'm in trouble. No, 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 no. For the lamb was slain from the foundations of the world. You know, I taught you last week that it was in Christ Jesus done. It was manifested in Jesus Christ. You, you remember the scriptures I showed you last week? It was done in Christ Jesus in eternity, but was made manifested in Jesus Christ. That's in time. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But it's clear in scripture. Even the book of Genesis doesn't start with creation. It starts with salvation. But when you read Genesis, the first thing you see is creation. But if you have the lenses of the gospel, the first thing you find in Genesis is salvation, not creation. God cannot create if he has not saved. It doesn't start to finish. It finishes to start. Genesis chapter 1. I don't like the way you all looking at me. Hmm? Hmm? You didn't see Genesis. Pastor forgot it. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, verse 3. Let's read 1, 2, 3, go. And God said, let there be light. You will be very wrong to think that this light is the sun, moon, and the star. That was created on the fourth day, verse 14, 15, 16. That's when he created the sun. So this light is not Nepal light. Neither is this light sun, moon, and star. So what light is in this Genesis chapter 1, verse 3? To know this light, let's see the darkness. It says, and darkness was upon the face of the earth. And God said, let there be light. How do we know this light? John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was with him in the beginning. All things were made by him. And without him was anything made that was made. In him was a life. And the life was the light of men. Verse 5. And the light shined in darkness. So he's teaching us about this. So who is the word? Jesus. Who is the light? Jesus. So what was released in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3? Salvation. So what is the darkness? The darkness is the state of a man's heart without Jesus. They taught us it's the pre-Adamic era when the devil fell with, from the heaven with all his angels. There is nothing in the scriptures to, subs to substantiate that. It's just blah, blah, blue, 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 blah, blah, blah. That's rubbish. That's what it is. Are you seeing what I'm saying? But it says, let there be light, and there was light. So that's the light. So darkness, in verse 2, is the state of a man's... You know who wrote, who wrote Genesis? Moses. He was not there when it happened. Oh, I've taught you that. So Genesis is not the oldest book in the Bible. Genesis was written by Moses. Moses was born in Exodus chapter 2. So how did Moses write Genesis? When Moses said to God, I want to see your face. God said to Moses, they're not born you well. And God said to Moses, I'm going to put you on a rock. And when you stand on this rock again, we'll come to the rock at the end of the service. I'm going to pass behind you. You're not going to see my face. You're going to see my backside. God does not have posterior. God doesn't have bum bum. God has eternity past. Was when God passed that Moses began to write in the beginning, God created it. That's how he saw this. So he saw by revelation. Even Moses did not know what he was writing. For no man knoweth the things of God except them that are of the Spirit. Moses was not born again. If he comes now, he will go to LFC. I'll teach him Bible. Are you understanding that? 
So you have to see from salvation through the lenses of the epistles to know exactly what he's talking about. So what's the darkness? The state of a man's heart. What's the light? Salvation. So salvation precedes what? So before God started creating, he already saved. So no man was born without a salvation plan already. Oh my God. When we call him Jehovah Jireh, what does that mean? The one who makes, who provides substitution. The, the Jehovah Jireh is not the one who gives you dollar and naira. No, that's not the purpose of Jehovah Jireh. It was when God provided a substitute for Abraham. And the Bible says he called the name of the place, not God. The name of the place, read your Bible, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord has provided. God sought to it. The Lord has ceased to it. So before my daughter was born, we did her room. Baby caught, fixed it before she came into the house. That is the father that sees to it. The one who's not re reacting, but is. So God put salvation in place before creation started. Then 2 Timothy, I love 2 Timothy. Glory to God. 4, 2, Tim no, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6. Let's read together. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. See what Paul says. He says, For God, who commanded the light, what light? To shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Jesus. Glory to God. Come on, I say, Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Let me show you something in John chapter 3, verse 16. Don't worry, just something like you. It will bless you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have what? Verse 17. God sent not his son into this world to condemn this world, but that the world through him might be what? Verse 18. He that believeth on him is not. He that believeth not on him is condemned what? Verse 19. Watch this. And this is the condemnation. That light is coming to the world. Genesis 1 verse 3. And men loved darkness rather than that light because of their deeds. So the darkness in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 is the state of a man's heart without Jesus. It's not the pre-Adamic angels falling from heaven. No, no, no. Don't let anybody mess you up with something that is not in the Bible. Are you listening to me? Are you learning something? So let me show you something. Women, the power of the cross canceled gender equalized class and canceled race the power of the cross canceled that gender discrimination removed class and removed race that's the power of the cross salvation through the cross neutralized gender status and nationality in Christ is the highest position you can ever be we've heard that since Friday you, so you cannot grow higher than in Christ. It's the highest position, not with Christ, in Christ. So nobody's being lapped in Christ. Everybody is seated in Christ. There's space for everybody. In, are you listening to me? It's the highest position you can ever be. You don't get to be so, this in Christ is too small. Let me grow. Where are you growing to? You're going to crisis. No, no, it's very correct. You're going to enter crisis. And that's why when you go to church on Sunday morning, you're not hearing Christ. Prepare for crisis. You have crisis. Are you listening to me? That's the, that's the, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Let me show you something. I want your mind to open up as I read this. It's a popular truth, but I don't think all of you have gotten it yet. It's not a popular truth, to be honest. Because a lot of pastors don't know the Bible. So I don't think that you should, you will know it. Because... It's what, it's what they taught you. My grandfather told my father that three wise men came to see Jesus. Because my great-grandfather told my grandfather. And then I read in the Bible, there are no three wise men in the Bible. The Bible just says wise men from the east. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have what? 
over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over the creeping thing that creepeth upon it. 27. So God created in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Watch this. Watch this. Male and female created he them. Do you understand this? The problem is this is not Adam. This is the man in Christ. And the woman in Christ. He created them in Christ. This was the intention of God. The original design. The default setting. Go to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. This is where the problem is. For the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Who is this person? Adam. Adam was formed. The new man is created. So when you were saying women always think that they are afterthought, it's because they don't know that they were the original plan. Because you hear women, God don't finish that. Just come look say, ah, what, what will I create again? And he created. No! They were in the original design in Genesis chapter 1, verse 20. Are you understanding me? Male and female created he them. Because in Christ there is no gender. But it's Adam that he now created in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And then from Adam's rib now formed woman. That makes you feel like the woman was an afterthought. No, the woman was already, or, or, always in the original plan. Male and female created he them. Can you understand this? Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. Let's deal with this. It says, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every... So who is the image of the invisible God? Jesus. So once you get born again, you've come to the original design by God. And that is the man that God gave dominion to. Tell your neighbor who's a woman. Say you're in the original plan. You're not an afterthought. Say it again. You're not an afterthought. You're in the original plan. Say it again. You're not an afterthought. You're in the original plan. That means when God was creating, he had you in mind. Are you listening to me? Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 45. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. And so it is written. The first Adam was made a living soul. And the last Adam was made what? So you are a quickening spirit. What is a living soul? It's a soul that is so in their feelings. So you find a woman who's always in their feelings. And women are always in their feelings. And God gave you feelings not for you to discard it, but not to act on it. So you can feel it without acting on it. You, you don't have to let... You, you, the Bible says the last Adam is a quickening spirit. So you have to choose between feelings and spirit. And they that are led by the spirit of God. Yeah. So decree and declare all the women. Say after me, I'm a woman of the spirit. The way you even said it, it's like you're not sure. One, two, three, go say I'm a woman of the spirit. My feelings don't control me. The spirit of God controls me. Say it loud again. Say I'm a woman of the spirit. All the men are encouraging their wife to say it well. One, two, three, go say I'm a woman of the spirit. Dickiness Ayo, Dickiness is not hearing you well. Dickiness, say one, two, three, because I'm a woman of the spirit. I'm not moved by my feelings. I'm not controlled by my feelings. I'm controlled by the spirit. Why, why, all you people who are sitting by the house, why are you not talking well? Talk well. Say, I'm controlled by the spirit. It's your feelings that led you to the gutter we are trying to get you out of now. The, the poro poro that you're in is feelings. But the Bible says you are a quickening spirit. Say, I'm a quickening spirit. All the women talk with me, talk to me, say, I'm a quickening spirit. Say loud, I'm a quickening spirit. Say, I'm a woman of the spirit. Say, I'm not a body for Jesus. I'm the woman in Christ. I tell you, say, I'm not a body for Jesus. I'm a woman in Christ. See, I'm not a damsel in distress. I'm a strong woman in the spirit. Say, I'm not a damsel in distress. 
I'm a woman of power. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let me deal with some very critical issues. You know, when you because the religious people attack us, but the Bible says women should not teach in church is biblical illiteracy. That's causing it. First Corinthians chapter. 14 verse 34 it says let your women keep silent in the churches for it is not permitted unto them to speak but they are commanded to be under obedience as also said the law let me explain what this means through the scripture not through my opinion because the bible has a voice let it speak so let's see the book of acts Acts chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. It says, but this is what, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Duet. Next verse. It shall come to pass in the last days, said the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon what? All flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. That prophesy there is not just thus says the Lord, it's the teaching of the word of God. We landed during the conference. You see that? It says, and your young men shall what? And your old men shall what? Did you see that? So let's go to the scripture. In Acts chapter 21, um, verse 8 to 9, it says, And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip, the evangelist. Watch this. Which was one of the seven, and abode. Are you seeing the scripture? And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. So I'm giving you evidence from the scripture. This woman had four children and they were preachers and teachers of the gospel. Filled of the Holy Ghost. So who told you you can't preach? It's in the Bible too. So is the word of God contradicting itself? No. Let me explain what the word of God is saying. So what is Paul saying? In the city of Corinth and in Ephesians, they had a predominant God. The idol spirit there was Artemis Diana. Let me explain. The, the idol that they worshipped in that place was a female goddess. So the women in the city behaved like the idol. They were very flamboyant women in those city. Something comes to mind, but I don't know if I can use it because I have two members there. You know, yeah, they were like, you, you know how, every, that's how they dressed, that's how they behaved. You understand what I'm saying? Don't worry, it's okay. That's how they behaved. It's like when you see the housewife of LA, housewife of this. You know, yeah, it was a female. So the women there were very loud, lousy. I'm not saying the ones there, but I'm just, I'm just showing their dress code. Please, that's not what I meant. It's like they were very flamboyant, loud women. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And because of the female goddess in that Corinth and Ephesians, Paul was saying, hey, hey, when they come to church, let them sit down first. It was particular to that church, not general to the body of Christ. Corinth and Ephesians, and I'm going to show you. I'm preaching good. Okay. So let's go to um, 1 Corinthians 14, 29 to 35. Contextually, TPT. Let's read from TPT. TPT, 29 to 35, TPT and 40. Let's read together. If there is no resurrection, 29, what do these people think they are doing when they are baptized from the dead blood? Give me next verse. Give me next verse. Ooh, 14, 1 Corinthians 14. Is this 1 Corinthians 14? No, give me 14. 1 Corinthians 14, from verse 29 to 35. TPT, please. I want us to read this. Glory to God. It's important that I teach you women because you get asked this question all the time. Women shouldn't preach. And the same with, and the same with prophecy. Let two or three prophets prophesy and let the other prophets carefully evaluate and discern what is being said. Keep the scripture. Yeah? What was the problem in the church, Edom? Was once one lady starts prophesying like this teaching... Before she is done, there's another lady there saying, hey, I want to counter what you said. The Lord also showed me in this scripture. So the church was disorganized. Chaos because of the particular women in that church. 
Next verse. But if someone receives a revelation while someone else is still speaking, the one speaking should conclude and allow the other with fresh revelation the opportunity to what? They were listening to reply, not listening to understand. And there are people like that till this day. It's the spirit of Diana. That's what Paul was dealing with. Give me the next verse. If you can, see, for you can all prophesy. All of you can prophesy. In turn, and in an environment where all present can be instructed, encouraged, and what? Can you see that? Next verse. Keep in mind that the anointing to prophesy doesn't mean that the speaker is out of control. He can wait for his turn. Are you seeing what Paul was dealing with? I'm showing you contextually. I'm teaching good. Wait. Before your husband, listen to what he's saying first. And listen to understand. Don't listen to reply. Order. You can't process it. Spirit of Diana, get her from here. Diana, now. Die now. Thirty-three. Let's go. For God is the God of harmony, not confusion, as the pattern in all the churches of God, holy believers. Next verse. Next verse. The women should be respectfully silent during evaluation of prophecy in the meetings. They are not allowed to interrupt, but are to be in support role. As in fact, the law, that means don't interrupt when they are preaching. That's what Paul was what? Give me 35. I'm trying. If they want to inquire about something, let them ask their husbands when they get home. For a woman embarrasses herself when she constantly interrupts in the church meeting. Are you seeing what Paul is dealing with? Give me this message translation 34 to 36. Message translation. Are you seeing this? Nobody will silence your voice and say you can't preach. Just do it orderly. That's what Paul is saying. It's like we came during women's conference as Fumbi is preaching. Mujia um, said, no, no, no. I want to say something there. Um, um, Pastor Tom will say, hey, oh, take this down. How are we going to understand? Are you going to understand? That's how they were behaving in that particular church. I'm trying, oh. I want you to understand this. So let's see what message says. Message says, wives must not disrupt worship. Talking when they should be listening. This gender. Listen. Watch this. Asking questions that could more appropriate, sorry. Asking questions that could more appropriately be asked of their husband, that means the question that they want to ask. It don't consign us for church. Now, we think the woman go fee ask her husband for house, but because that hair tie when she wear come church must be seen. Sir, sir, I want to say something. So, uh, to me, the, the way it came to me the other day, I and my husband, we don't want to know. What you and your husband dealt with that morning. Next verse. God's book of the law guides our manners and customs here. Wives have no license to use the time of worship for unwarranted speaking. That's what Paul was dealing with in that church. Do you understand it? Now let's go to, I'm, I'm doing well, clap for me. I'm doing well, clap for me. Give me verse 40, TPT. Verse 40, TPT. Just verse. Doing all things in a beautiful and orderly. That was Paul's concern. Are you seeing that? 
and these women don't speak in church it's just two places in scripture the Corinthians church which is the most stubborn church that Paul has and Ephesians church because of Diana that is the goddess there too in both cities so let's go to Timothy is in Timothy. Let's read the book of Timothy. Let the woman learn in silence and with all subjection. This is what they used to silence women in church. And religion always fights women. Yeah, religion and tradition never favors women. But guess who, who patronizes religion and tradition the most? Women. The irony of life. The greatest patronage of religion and tradition is women. So let's interrogate the scripture. Are you ready for Bible study? So if you're first time, that's how we learn at the Logic Church. So to understand this, you have to go from verse 9 to 10, message translation. I want women to get in there with the men in humility before God. I'm not saying the women should not get in there. They should get in there with the men with humility before God. It says, not preping before a mirror or chasing the latest fashions. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? But doing something beautiful for God and becoming beautifully beautiful doing it. Next verse. Is that 9 and 10? That's 9 and 10. And that the woman would also, I'm reading TPT now, and that the women would also pray with clean hearts, dressed appropriately. Not be today that they do this problem. Not to, it's not today. That Diana has been working over time. Appropriately and adorned modestly and sensibly. So, some of you will see, come on. Say no, it's, it's body positivity. You are naked. Say no, I'm telling you, and I can tell you for a fact, Google it. Fashion has adopted prostitutional clothes and they've called it fashion. It's not fashion. You look like a prostitute, my sister. It doesn't mean God sees you as that. You are still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But hey, the brother who's passing by cannot see the difference between you and the prostitute, I'm sorry. And that's how you stand on the way of sinners. Just keep looking straight when you get home, nod your head. No, you can't say that. I can't say that to you. Yes, I've said that to you. And this is why you want to leave the church. That's the door. Quickly leave. You can't. You, and, and men, we need to be honest with our with our daughters too. Unilag, one girl woke up one morning with two handkerchiefs. One, two, two handkerchiefs. And then my guy said, hey, babe, man, you really look good, though. I called him. I said, if your sister dresses like, he said, remove my sister for that matter. Why are you telling her she looks good when you don't want your daughter or your sister to look like that? That's double, that's hypocrisy and double standard. This has nothing to do with whether God loves you, God hates you. No, I'm just saying you're not shining properly. The value of the believer is Christ in you. The impact of the believer is Christ they see. And I'm saying it's high time we moved from just value to impact. And there was silence in the room, but I'm shouting, Amen! Yeah. Like I came. Okay, so second service people, okay. Yeah, second, I'm coming for them. Yeah, two anchor chief, yeah, they come a lot, second service. Two anchor chief. Yeah, two anchor chief these days. First service, uh, if you wake up this morning, you, you have sense. Second service people. They're coming, they're coming. Two anchor chief, they come a lot. And they know how to follow. <laughs> Everything will be globalized, that should be privatized. Okay, dress sensibly, not flaunting their wealth. <laughs> what I say? Okay, next verse, verse 10. But they should be recognized. Instead, by their beautiful deeds of kindness, suitable as one. Take me back to verse, no, take me back to verse 9. Verse 9, verse 9. And that the women should also pray with clean hearts, dressed appropriately. So he's already showing you the kind of women that he's talking about. Yeah. And adorned modestly. Oh God, I have to run. And sensibly, not flaunting their wealth. Next verse. But they should be recognized instead by their beautiful deeds of kindness, suitable as one who. Let's see verse 11. 
Let the women who are new converts be willing to learn with all submission to their leaders and not to speak out of tone. So the women that he was saying, see that and should not speak, is not every woman in the church are those new converts who just entered. He said, no, go and do LFC. No, go and do LDC. No, go to LMT first. Before you jump and say, God gave you a word you want to share with us, share it with your, your life first. Are you listening to me? Are you understanding it properly? I, so the cross neutralized all that. Women, I'm trying to help you. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? Do you appreciate this? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Give me verse 12. Verse 12 here. I advocate that the newly converted women. I don't advocate that the newly converted women be the teachers. So those women, as soon as they enter church like that, um, I want to say something. Pastor, do, do, do you have 15 minutes on Wednesday? It'll just I have a word. It's just something about entrepreneurship and empowerment for the ladies in my community. Not church. I don't advocate that the newly converted women be the teachers in the church, assuming authority over the men, but live where? In peace. I, do you understand it now? So every time they bring that scripture to you, you can show them properly from the word of God or send them the link of this message. Galatians 3, 26 to 29. It says, for we are all, somebody say all, children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Next verse. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have what? Put on Christ. Next verse. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond, nor free. There is neither male or female. So we are not chevronists, neither are we feminists. We are Christists. Bad English, good preaching, you get the point. We're not feminists, we're not chevronists, we're all Christ men. Say so it's a man's word, it's a gentleman's word. The gentleman pulls the woman first, so it becomes a woman's word. Now, I'll deal, I'll deal with that with boys to men. No problem. When I have boys to men meeting, I'll deal with that. Yeah? Glory to God. So, like, can we go into some very deep issues now? <laughs> I just want to clear that. Amen. Tell your neighbor, believe the cross. Say it again, believe the cross. I discovered that a lot of believers don't believe what Jesus has done. They believe what they've done more than what Jesus has done. So, they believe the abortion that they made. They believe the mistakes of their past more than the finished work. They actually flatter themselves thinking that what Jesus did is not enough to deal with what they've done. They, they actually think that what they did is so powerful and what your uncle and your father did is so powerful to spoil the finished work on the cross of Calvary. But you have to believe. And the problem with believe that belief is so easy, but belief is not mental knowledge. It's revelation knowledge. It's not mental accent. It's Look, Exodus 23, verse 25. Let me show you something. And, and ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall take the, uh, and he shall bless that bread and water, and he will take sicknesses away from the Can you see this? That when you serve the Lord of the, the Lord your God, he will now bless you and take sicknesses from you. We like this kind of scripture. Over First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. And by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. So I don't have to serve to be healed. I have to receive healing. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Because I believe the finished work on the cross of Calvary. Tell your neighbor, I believe the cross. Say it loud, I believe the cross. Shout it again, I believe the cross. Oh, come on, say I believe the cross. You got into this place by believing. You grow by believing. How did you get saved? It's Romans. By the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's how you got saved. How do you grow? Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Colossians 2 verse 6. It says, even as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk ye in him. How did you receive him? By believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. How do you keep walking with him? By constantly believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Tell your neighbor, I believe. Come on, say it again. Say, I believe. I believe Jesus died for me. Come on, say, I believe Jesus died for me. I believe Jesus set me free. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe Jesus set me free. Come on, say it where I believe Jesus died for me. The believer, as believers, we live by believing because believing is living. As believers, we live by believing because believing is living. Can I share this with you? Your believing is more powerful than your behaving. 
oh you didn't hear me your believing is more powerful than your behaving God is not looking at your behaving he's searching for your believing because your believing will fix your behaving but your behaving can't give you believing are you listening to me tell your neighbor one more time I believe the cross oh say it well I believe the cross I believe the let me tell you my greatest strength is that it's not the size of the man in the fight it's always the size of the fight in the man I said my fight is this cross you see that's all I have is this cross no, nobody handed any, anything to me I, 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 there's no godfather no uncle no in-law nobody who said hey as you're starting church do this no or take this no everything you see here it came by the power of believing in the cross and I was stubborn about it some of you your problem is you have uncles aunties you know who to call you have friends but there are some of us if it had not been for God and the cross of Calvary so if the cross gave me redemption I'm sticking to the cross I'm staying with the cross I believe the cross oh you don't know what I, I believe believe this there's nothing else to believe than the cross anything the cross cannot give me I do not need it it does not exist I learned from one guy in my primary school it was a chosen something like that he was the weakest he was not one of the strongest guys but you don't want to fight with him because his fight does not end I'm telling you Baptist High School no he's not a he's not a powerful guy but he if you start a fight with him it's going to be minimum two weeks. <laughs> Except you don't have anything to do with your life. So you will beat him today mercilessly. The next day he's coming to school as he says, uh, uh, uh. then you will take more and will stain your white face. Yeah, you will give me today. You will fight again. The next day he's coming, you will blow his eye. Away. The next day he's coming with maybe plaster or bandage here. You will say, uh, uh, so you will fight me today again. You will beg him. You will be, you know, so you are sorry, move, set around. You will beg him. That you will beat him, he's sure. That he will be tired, no. Now that's how the believer should be. That means that you get the bad news the next morning, I believe the cross. I believe the cross. I believe the cross. You believe in God for the baby, you saw your period again. Then you, I believe the cross. Jesus died for me. He died as me. When he was buried, I was buried with him. When he resurrected, I rest. Now I'm seated in Christ in heavenly. I used you go. They just sent you the mail. You didn't have the contract. You didn't get the joy. Did you get the joy? The next morning, I believe the cross. I learned that from him. Be dogged and stubborn about this thing. That's the only way out, people of God. That's the only way out, people of God. You have to believe the cross. Oh, I don't have time. You have to believe the cross. Glory to God. Come on, glory to God. Numbers chapter 21, verse 7 to 9. Let's do this in close. Numbers 27, uh, 21. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned and we have spoken against the Lord. And praise the Lord. Next verse, next verse, next verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make them a fiery serpent and set it upon the pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is beaten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. Give me the next verse. My God. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon the pole and it came to pass that if a serpent had beaten any man, you don't try to kill the serpent. You don't try to cure yourself. You look at the cross. You know the way we just said it now, so beautiful. All the sisters, everybody's looking beautiful today. The dress code this morning is glam. If some of these ladies see, serpent is far. Let me just put cockroach by. You will see that Neka can jump, fly. But God is saying, the serpent is coming close to your leg. Whatever you pay attention to, you give direction to. Leave the serpent, look at the cross. The serpent beats you. Don't try to tie your leg. You think it's easy? Do you think it's easy? Strong and he's coming close to you. And the serpent on the cross is not a living serpent. It's a brazen serpent. It's iron. So if it's a living serpent, I will imagine that this one will be telling the one... Moses is saying, hey! And guess what people died? 
because they did not look. And they are seeing the dead body like, come on, look. Are you seeing what I'm saying? The serpent is by your leg and Moses is saying, hey, don't fight, look. Why is it that we don't like easy things? If Moses has said, as the serpent comes, put your leg on the ground at 32 times, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 32. He didn't do that. He said, just look. Soft life is in Christ too. He's saying just, but again, it's tough. Piflo, the serpent is close to my leg. Piflo, my rent is due. Piflo, the bills are piling. Piflo, she's about to leave the house. Piflo, I'm in a bad place. And God is saying, leave that in. Look. Believe this cross. In the Old Testament, they look to live. In the New Testament, we believe to live. So when we read John 3.16, we don't know what the Bible is talking about because we don't read it contextually. So read John 3 from verse 14. For 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Next verse. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. So in the Old Testament, they looked to live. In the New Testament, we believe to live because believing is living. So we live by believing. Tell anybody, I believe the cross. I believe the cross. People are dying and all God is saying, believe this cross. If I be lifted high, believe the cross. Tell anybody, do you believe the cross? Ask one more time, do you believe the cross? Uh, 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 ask, do you really believe the cross? Or you believe the cross and something? The cross and a little effort. The cross and your uncle. The cross and your auntie. The cross and your big sister. But there are some of us, there's no auntie. Oh. There's no uncle. There's no big sister. I've just been looking at this old rugged cross and the finished work on the cross of Calvary all my life. Tell a neighbor, you have to believe. Come on, say you have to believe. Yeah, that I said, believe. And it's hard for us to believe. Just look at the cross and believe. Believe. I believe the finished work on the cross of Calvary. I believe I'm already healed. I believe I'm going to be here for a long time. How? Because of what the cross has done. I believe in the finished work. By strength shall no man prevail. But I believed in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Scriptures declare that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them who that perish. But unto us who believe, it is the power of God. Glory to God. And how, and how do you walk like this? You keep the word of God in your mouth and you keep speaking it. That's how to work with the cross. My God. You keep speaking it. This is what the word of God says. I believe this. And this is what the word of God says. I believe this. This is what you sound crazy because the spiritual man is mad and the prophet is a fool. But it's okay for me to be crazy and be a fool with the word of God than for me to be too wise in my understanding and in my strength. I want you to spend every day this week enforcing the cross like I taught you last week and keeping your gaze believing the cross. Tell one neighbor, I believe the cross. And I want you to say from your spirit, I believe the cross. One more time, say, I believe the cross. Leave your neighbor now, say to yourself, say, I believe the cross. The cross is God's greatest embrace. The cross is the peace sign. The cross means all your sins are forgiven. The cross means the cross is broken. The cross, means, the cross means you're welcome into the family of God. The cross is endless. The cross now means to the woman that there's therefore now no condemnation, no gender discrimination if you are in Christ Jesus. For if any man, if anybody be in Christ, you're a new creature. You don't have a past. That's what the cross means. You don't have a past. So God doesn't consult your past to fix your future. No, you don't have a past. For you are a new creature. You don't have a past. You don't have a past. Can you see that the, the Bible says unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. 
Sons are full, matured people. So what entered you at salvation is sonship, not childhood. The child was born in the manger. The son was given at the cross. So that's what, that, that which happened to Adam is what we have in better version. Adam didn't come as a child. Adam came as a full-blown man. So Adam did not grow. In the same way, when the son came, the son came into us fully. So we don't grow into sonship. We grow as sons. We grow in sonship. We don't grow into sonship. Because what came into your heart is the spirit of sonship. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption, which is sonship that we cry now. Are you glad about the cross? Are you glad about the cross? You know, stop boasting in anything. Let your boast from today be, I boast on the cross. It has never failed. It will never fail. God won't start with me. No. Tell your neighbor, the cross has never failed. What I'm saying to you is that your problem cannot defile the power of the cross. Cannot defile the power of the cross. Let me close. Let's end the service. Beautiful Jesus. We'll deal with this on Wednesday. Other things. Deal with Exodus chapter 17, my text. My text, Exodus 17. I believe the cross. Come on, say it again. I believe the power of the cross. I love this. I believe the power of the cross. Oh, there's somebody here. God will bring you to the point where you'll be him dependent. It will not be nobody else but cross. I'm holding on to this cross. Cross is powerful. He says, then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Next verse. And Moses said unto Joshua, choose us out men and go out fight with Amalek tomorrow I will stand the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed I will stand upon the hill on the hill there was a cross on that cross there was blood for me so Moses is standing upon the hill with the rod of God in his hand. Are you aware that the rod was not iron, it was a stick? In his hand. Are you understanding me? Next verse. Don't worry, you see it. And Joshua did as Moses had said and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and all went up to the top of the hill. Next verse. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand. that the people prevail. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Give me the picture of Moses. My first picture. That is Moses. Let me give you the picture of our one on the cross. Second slide. Moses' hands were supported with two men. Nobody supported Jesus on the cross. It was not the nails that kept him to the cross. It was his love for you. And if they had victory with Moses' hand, can you imagine the victory that the cross of Jesus has given you? I prophesy to somebody this morning as I close this service, get ready for sweet victory. Oh, 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 oh. maybe they're coming for second service get ready for sweet victory because you already have the victory by the finished work on the cross of Calvary I, I meant to tell you that the cross secured your victory and you're coming into endless victory in the name of Jesus I don't know whose word this is get ready for testimonies that if you can just put faith on the finished work on the cross of Calvary you're going to see testimonies all around Give me verse 12 of my text. I'm done. It says, But Moses' hands were heavy, and he took up stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon on Christ the solid rock. I stand. Moses is sitting upon the rock again. And the Bible says, Aaron Shaw stayed up his hand, and one on each side, and the other on the other side. And the hands were steady unto the going down of the sun. 
And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. What is the sword of the spirit? Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go there. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So every time you are using the word of God, you are using it from the place of the finished work of the cross of Calvary. So it is the cross that powers the word. Are you listening to me? It is the cross that powers the word. So it's the power of the finished work that is at work. Every time you have the word of God in your mouth, tell your neighbor, I already have the victory. Oh, come on, you didn't say it. We say, I already have the victory. Because when Jesus hung high on the cross, his hands were steady and it was not human effort. It was from there he shouted, Kura, Tetelestai, finished. It was King James that added, It is. What he cried on the cross was, Finished. Get ready for sweet victory. Hold your neighbor to your left and to your right. I'm done. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you because the people are blessed and changed through this word of God's grace. In the name of Jesus, send the anointed and make miracles even evident in your life. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare upon your life that the next phase between now and the end of the year, you're coming into sweet victory with great ease with ease hold that hand one more time we squeeze miracle upon that hands man ease has come I said ease has come oh come on I said ease has come I said ease has come miracles on every side I said miracles on every side in the name of Jesus, that ease has come with miracles on every side. I said, ease has come with miracles on every side because the hands of Jesus was raised on the cross for you and your victory is sure. I said, your victory is sure. You're going to have testimonies. You're going to have miracles. In the name of Jesus. If you know this is your word and you're going to leave here believing and trusting the cross, I want you to clap your hands, church. Give God praise one more time. Then you can add some shout, shout to the Lord with a voice of victory. Listen to me. His hands went up there. God won't fall your hand. He lifted up his hands for your victory. I want you to be confident on this cross. If something is the power of God, it means it's our power too. If something is the joker of God, it means it's our power too. So can we relax and just trust the finished work on the cross of Calvary? It's called the power of the cross. Are you ready for this? Tell anybody I'm ready for miracles. Say, yeah, miracles without numbers. Tell one another, I'm ready for miracles. Say, I'm very ready. I'm serious. I can tell it. I can tell it. Miracles every side. On every, I'm serious. Miracles. 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 God said to tell you, I've raised my hands towards you. It means you already have the victory. Because when Jesus lifted up his hands on the cross, it was him lifting up our hands saying, we already have the victory. In Christ Jesus. It was him lifting up our hands so we already have the victory in Christ Jesus. Let's give to the Lord. Let's respond to the Lord this morning. Can you can you just clap your hands one more time and thank God for that word? Thank God for the word. Thank God for the word. Glory to God. I said glory to God. One more time. Glory to God. Let's give to the Lord. Father, thank you for everyone who's given today. This is the least you would ever have in the name of Jesus. Your hands have more than enough. That the hand of Jesus lifted up on the cross becomes your reality in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for the billion flow. Thank you because they actually have more than enough in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 
First timers, please do not leave. You have the first timers welcome waiting for you behind. Let's share our declaration as we close the service. As we close the service. Amen. Can you imagine what Moses' hands did for them? Moses' hands gave them victory. How much more? So you see that we don't believe this gospel that we are preaching. Okay, we're just learning it properly. Glory to God. Glory to God. I believe. Yes. 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 You're the son of God. I believe in Jesus. I Yes. Yes. You're the son of God. You're the son of God. I believe in Jesus. Lift your voice. Yes, Lord. How many of you really believe this gospel? Lord, you're the son of God. It's not a feeling, it's a revelation, it's a knowing. So I don't have to feel the believing. I just know that if Moses' hands, give me the picture of Moses one more time as we close quickly. If Moses' hands gave them victory, even had to be supported with two people, then Jesus. I know all of this is just PG. That children can watch it. He was stuck naked on the cross. He was disgraced on the cross for your victory. So maybe you don't know how he died. You think he died with boxers? They stripped him naked on the cross for your redemption and your victory. And you can't. You you, you don't want to, you don't want to take take advantage of that. I believe the hands of Jesus over the hands of Moses. Because Moses is dead, but Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. So his hands are still speaking for me. But the life which is his blood represented before God. So I have the victory. I lift the hands of Jesus over your life today.